welcome to A Brief Chat. This is the episode for December 23rd, 2019. I'm Owen Crane. I am Jason Crane. This is a show about living authentic lives on our own terms. Later in the show, we will talk with Alexis Van Billiard. We'll be back for a chat right after this. Greetings. I'm DJ Lily, a devoted listener to and member of Jason and Owen's podcast, A Brief Chat. In addition to regularly talking about food, one of my favorite topics, in each episode they discuss big and small philosophical issues with each other and then with someone else who has insight into the subject. They have made me tear up a few times but laugh so much more often with their gift for talking about matters that are relevant to everyone and in such an open way that it's nearly impossible not to ponder the same topics in your own life. It's like therapy without needing to change out of your pajamas. If you want to be a member too, and you should, go to abriefchat.com and click on support the show. Then listen for what Jason and Owen are cooking up next. What up? Hey, Beans. Hi. We are not surprisingly recording just after eating. We just eating. ate. Yeah. It was so good. I made latkes. Yeah, they were real, real good. Yeah. Any holiday that features fried potato dish... I'm all about so so down. Yeah, yeah. It w- they were super super good. Now you said that was the first time you'd ever made latkes start to finish on your own. I I grew up in a town where mm, somewhere between thirty and fifty percent of the population is Jewish. Um, so in elementary school, we always help make latkes together around Hanukkah, uh, especially in the younger grades, like kindergarten through second grade. I remember specifically doing that, uh, and then. As I got older, um, you know, obviously we didn't do that in school anymore, but I had a bunch of friends who did it. So, like, I had a boyfriend in high school where I remember making latkes with him and his family. You dated people before me? <laughs> yeah. I made hamantash in around Purim, too, with him. It was, it was really fun. Yeah. You I'll... sounded really legit right then. What do you mean? When you just said whatever you just said. That's because it's I the actual... I made around Purim. Yeah, it's because it's a thing and that's what you do. <laughs> Hamantashen are like a little traditionally triangle-shaped cookie and they have different jam fillings. Um, most traditionally, it's like a poppy seed filling, but it's super duper good. It's Hamantashen is Yiddish for Tosh 2.0 is a ham. That's not it at all. But that is why my username on a lot of things is Hamantashen too. Because I just think it's a neat word. Your username on some things is Hamantaschen? Yeah, on Discord. And, you heard it here first, friends. And Minecraft. So I guess <laughs> add me on those two things if you want. <laughs> if you can spell Hamantaschen, which I certainly cannot. I mean, it's phonetic, but still. Yeah. Anyways, we had a delicious meal. Um, we had wonderful, super uber domestic tea time with friends last night. Oh my gosh. And I made the food for that. You did. It was the most hosty I've ever felt. It was pretty cool. Yeah. We uh we have a nice little box to display our tea in and it's really for glasses, but we don't have that many glasses, so we use so it we just for tea. Use it for tea. And I made two loaves of soda bread, a brown loaf and a white loaf, and I bought a bunch of British jam. And we just had a lovely little time having uh, butter and jam on our homemade bread. It was so good. It was really fabulous. I literally was dreaming about that bread and butter and jam today at work again. Yeah, it was pretty nice. And I uh, collect versions of The Little Mermaid in different languages. And <laughs> they brought... The Little Mermaid? 
I literally just said <laughs> the Little Mermaid instead of the Little Prince. Yeah, you did. I don't connect I was like, versions of the Little Mermaid. I was like, where's this joke going to go? <laughs> Look, people. <laughs> I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. <laughs> no, you didn't. I collect versions of the Little Prince in different languages. <laughs> Big difference. Yeah, he dated the Little Mermaid for a while, but it ended badly. Uh, but anyway, they brought me one in Bengali, which was really cool. It's pretty beautiful. Excited about that. Yeah. 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 It. Let's be totally honest. It looks super bootleg. Like, it's really cool. The script is really cool and everything. Yeah. But the pictures are in black and white because I'm fairly sure they were illegally photocopied from an actual edition of The Little Prince. Which I don't makes even it... care. It's no, 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 so no. cool. I do care. And the reason I care is it makes it even better. <laughs> it's like getting a fan tape from a you know, concert back in yeah. the day or something. This is like, all right, we're going to photocopy the pictures and we're going to write out the text yeah. in Bengali. And we're just going to sell it, and everybody just kind of keep quiet, and here's your half of the money, <laughs> which I think is perfect. That's exactly how literature should be distributed. So I'm, I was super excited to uh, to receive it. Yeah. And I'm excited to, uh, going back to hosting a little bit, I'm excited to, this is my first time hosting my parents for a holiday. Yeah, they're coming for Christmas, which as we record this is just a few days away. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I'm excited that I get to spoil them for a change. I think that's really cool. Yeah. You're making Christmas dinner. I am. Or we are, or everybody is together probably. Yeah. Which is really, really neat. And our kids will be over, and I'm super looking forward to it. I'm also looking forward to it because it does not involve getting in the car. Yeah, we don't have to drive anywhere. Super psyched about we that. We get to wake up in our bed and go to sleep in our bed. Yes. And I don't have to sleep on my bedroom floor in New Jersey. Exactly. And I will say, th- to some degree, that's mandated by the fact that we both have to work the night before and the morning after. Yeah, that, that bit sucks. So, but. yeah, we travel was not really an option for us. But in any case, it's super cool to be having it at our house. Mm-hmm. What are we having for Christmas dinner, by the way? Uh, we are having a beef roast. I don't know how to make it, but I'm going to learn how to make it in the next two days. Awesome. Um, roasted asparagus, glazed carrots, like the kind that I made at Thanksgiving. I was thinking of making a cheesecake for dessert. Oh, and a horseradish sauce to go with the beef, too. <laughs> Thank God that ended up with, with the beef. <laughs> no, not on the cheesecake. It's <laughs> like, yeah, I might just watch yeah. you guys eat that one. If that's, <laughs> that's okay. The horseradish cheesecake. Uh, do you want to tell people about your feelings about horseradish? I eat it straight out of the jar like a monster. <laughs> I literally, whenever, and I bought the same kind that my parents have. It's in our mm. fridge right now. Now I'm thinking about how much I want to just grab a forkful of it because I'm a monster. How much horseradish can you eat? Like, when you say you eat it out of the jar, do you, like, just put a fork in, eat a forkful, put it back in? Yeah, or you can, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't just, like, clean out the jar? No, oh, no, no, okay. no, no. I would give myself an ulcer if I did that. That seems like a lot. Yeah. It's so good, though. everybody it's jason here with this week's podcast recommendation a show that i like and think you might like too especially if you like this one i wanted to tell you about seriously wrong which is a utopian comedy podcast i can't exactly tell you what that means but i can tell you that it's hosted by two very smart very funny guys who think a lot about other ways we might live than the ways we all live now. They're able to put across sometimes very complex topics in ways that make you laugh, make you think, never condescend, and always make you feel smarter at the end, which to me is like the quadfecta or whatever that would be. It's a really fabulous podcast that includes skits, 
And when I recommend to you a podcast that includes skits, you know I'm serious about it because generally I think that podcasts that include skits really are treading on some dangerous ground. It's very hard to make small, short skit comedy with just two voices work in a way that is not grating. And these guys just knock it out of the park again and again and again and again. It's really, really wonderful. So if you want to find this podcast, it's called Seriously Wrong, but the seriously bit of it is not spelled all the way out. It's S-R-S-L-Y, wrong. S-R-S-L-Y, wrong. So if you just put that in your search engine of choice, whether it's the hegemonic one that controls everything or, I don't know, does Bing still exist? Put it in Ask Jeeves and type in S-R-S-L-Y, wrong, and see what you get. First of all, if you get Ask Jeeves, would you let me know at jason at a briefchat.com because I would be excited to know which part of the dark web you're currently trolling. Uh, but check these guys out. You can tell them that a brief chat sent you if you would like to. It's really fun and really smart show that I think you will enjoy. And now back to our own show. I'm really happy to welcome Alexis Van Billiard to a brief chat. Alexis, it's great to have you here. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> this kind of, you and I both know, and I think you know her better than I do, but you and I both know Mia Matsui, who was last mm-hmm. week's guest on the show. Just as a, a little bit of context, uh, you and I know each other for exactly the same reason that Mia and I knew each other, which is that all three of us worked at a, a bookstore and cafe in State College, Pennsylvania. And mm-hmm. of the three of us, I'm the only one who still lives here at least for now and so we knew each other kind of just in the and i was a a boss not a worker so we knew each other just kind of in the way that people in those circumstances know each other not well just to set the story for people can you talk a little bit about kind of the path you were on a few years ago and then maybe just you know what some of the things that changed your mind so i was thinking about it a bit since you had invited me to be a guest on your show like it really does feel like a lifetime ago I feel like looking back on the person that I was when I lived in state college I don't really even recognize them I also had like super long hair then and I have since chopped it off which I don't know everybody seems to do that when there's like a big life change happening so I guess at that point I was fresh out of college I had moved to state college pretty much just because I didn't want to be living with my parents. And my boyfriend was going off to grad school at the time. And that was really like all I thought about when I made that move was like, I don't want to live with my parents. So here I go off on this like pretty big step for at least a relationship. And I was probably not at all ready for that. It was not great in in that regard, but I ended up meeting a lot of really amazing people at Webster's where we worked, um, and that was really like my saving grace at the time when I just felt like very uncertain about things, and I really was a baby at that point. I mean, it's it's very weird to think now that I made that choice. So at some point you decided that the choice you had made was no longer the one that fit you, right? I, I suppose so. Like pretty much what happened was that my boyfriend and I broke up. So it was like, okay, well, I'm going to go home now because, you know, state college is not my hometown. Um, I didn't really have enough 
money to be on my own out there. It wasn't particularly where I wanted to be. So I just figured I would go home and like regroup. And I guess probably at that point is when things started to change a lot. And I started to try new things and deep, terrible people. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I don't know. I kind of just tried new stuff. And I tried to be open to what was coming and I don't know but it it was really hard too at the same time like not knowing at all what you really want to do and kind of feeling like stagnant because you're you're at home with your parents again and there's that whole thing and I only actually just moved out of my parents house a few months ago so I was there for like four years just feeling very weird for being like 25, 26, 27, and still living with them. It was like a second puberty kind of deal, and it really sucked. But now I'm out on my own, finally, and that feels really good. But I'm still in my hometown, which is kind of boring. And, you know, I've always sort of hoped that I would move away at some point, like far away. Like I've always dreamt about Colorado or Portland, Oregon, or even California. I've been thinking about lately. So who who knows what's what's to come, I guess. You mentioned that you started trying a lot of new things. And I'm I'm kind of curious, like there's two almost like two tracks in your life going on at the same time, which don't necessarily seem compatible. One of which is what you described, like moving back in with your parents and, you know, kind of feeling like yeah. you're you know, almost revisiting and reliving, you know, some some part of your your childhood or your growth. And then at the same time, figuring out all this new stuff about yourself, which seemed to be happening, you know, just right concurrently with that. And so I'm curious about that. Like where to what do you ascribe this willingness to to try new things? And what are some of the new things that you tried? Like, how did you start discovering other facets of yourself that you hadn't known about before? There is a lot that contradicts each other there, because I did like feel so stagnant and I was in this place where I didn't really feel comfortable changing because it's, you know, you kind of play a role in your parents' life. And if you're not really fitting that anymore, it's hard and tense and weird. But I think I just always wanted to get more into like photography and I started doing like special effects, makeup and stuff like that. And I was going to a lot more shows, hardcore shows, <laughs> which feels goofy to even say, but like getting more into like, I guess the punk scene and stuff. So there's at least some solace in being around <laughs> other weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of like tension there with wanting to be free to do and try whatever you want, but you're still like in your childhood bedroom and it was really depressing in a lot of ways. This is one of the times when the difference between uh, people's social media story and their real lives becomes clearest because for example, Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't realize that it had only been a few months that you'd been living on your own. And that to me is kind of staggering because it means all the things that I have seen you do over the last several years. And again, this is just, you know, you going by on my feed and Instagram. But Mm -hmm. I mean, I've like, I've seen you 
you know, blossom into a photographer with a really amazing eye and, you know, kind of change your own personal appearance in some fairly striking ways and uh, start to play punk music and not just go to shows, but like get involved in becoming a musician yourself. And all of this stuff is happening. And I had no idea that while that was happening, each night you were going home to your childhood bedroom, which just makes all of those things seem almost unbelievably difficult to me at least (laughs) yeah I don't even know I don't even know how to really put it into words because it would be just so depressing for me to just like sit in my bedroom and be so sad that I couldn't have a place of my own like that's just all that I wanted for so long is to just have a place of my own where I can feel at ease where I can just decorate it where I can buy like cleaning products like I started to get excited about cleaning products because at least it was something that I could choose myself it was tough it was really tough to to do all these things in my day and then I go home at night and I still feel like a little kid again who's just like locked up in a room and really bummed about it it has felt to me like a sad time in my life that I really hope is over because things seem to be looking up now but who knows? Because life's crazy and sad a lot of the time. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to, uh, you know, suck any hope that you're feeling out of this interview here. But right. I'll just say no, no, no. I'm 46 and I feel like I'm in kind of a sad time of my life. So I'm sure you'll do make better decisions than I made. But, uh, you know. Well, <laughs> anyway, we'll see. I, yeah, I always, I, I kind of feel like this podcast should have been called Cautionary Tales, but there's already a podcast called Cautionary oh Tales. God. So I, yeah, it's too. Yeah. Late. I missed, I missed a trick on that one. Um, yeah, there are a variety of ways to deal with feeling, you know, kind of like you're not, you're not finding your potential there. And some people do that by relocating, which you mm-hmm. know is wasn't an option. It seems like that was open to you. And then another way that a lot of people find is useful is to find community even you know just where they Mm -hmm. are were you able to find and i think i know that the answer at least just you know seeing what i've seen that the answer to this is yes at least to some degree were you able to find some kind of like-minded people who helped you be more who you wanted to be i would say so yeah i've definitely had a lot of changes in my friendships over the past few years for better or worse but i definitely met so many more people once I moved back home basically because of the punk scene definitely like-minded people there and that definitely has been life-changing and I'm pretty thankful for it as as like petty as things can kind of be sometimes within that it's really an amazing community to be a part of because everybody is for the most part pretty supportive of each other and like a artist themselves and in bands and trying to just like make it in the world. So you're really like at home amongst those kinds of people. I took my lunch to my awful job today in a tote bag that says Lehigh Valley girls rock on the side of oh, it. Oh yeah. And so uh, since it's because of you that I have that tote bag, I wanted to ask you about that organization and you know how you got involved yeah. and what they do because it seems pretty amazing. I think I just started by volunteering to take photos at their showcase. So Lehigh Valley Girls Rock is 
primarily, although they're trying to branch out a bunch more, primarily a camp for youth. Um, you know what? Actually, I'm just going to reference their website because it says it best there, and I'm terrible with taglines. <laughs> so Lehigh Valley Girls Rock is dedicated to empowering girls, women, and trans and non-binary folks through music and art. What I took photos at was it was the culmination of a week-long camp where the kids learned an instrument and formed bands and then played their song to like their friends and family. And it is the most amazing thing to witness. It's pretty much guaranteed to make anyone in the audience cry. These kids are amazing. I'm, I'm hoping to actually be a counselor for the whole week next summer. But since probably a couple of years ago, I've taken the photos for the showcase a couple times now. I've been like a little bit more involved here and there, but it's just been kind of tough to like take the whole week of work off of. But they're a really amazing organization. And yeah, they've been branching out, like I said, and uh, they now offer more programs for adults, which is how I started playing music, which has been my lifelong secret dream. So secret that I barely even knew it myself. So that's been really exciting and really empowering and just amazing. So tell me about your experience learning that you wanted to be a musician and and becoming one. I think I kind of just signed up for the band factory program on a little bit of a whim. I try very hard to push myself out of my comfort zone because I really tend to get stuck there pretty easily. And I think it was kind of one of those moments where I was like, yeah, I should just do this. Like, whatever. It'll be fine. It'll be fun. I can do this. I've, you know, played guitar here and there and I took lessons when I was 12 for like a week. So it'll be fine. (laughs) So I signed up and I got paired with uh, a few other people and my instrument was the guitar, which was totally fine. We started out on a journey that way. um, And we had another singer in the band already. But at one point, we decided that we wanted to play a Bikini Kill cover. The person who was doing vocals was like, just not sure that they were going to be able to pull it off. I mean, Kathleen Hanna is, you know, a little bit different. Yeah, (laughs) tough act to follow, as it were. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, you know what? I should just do it. Because I know that I've fantasized about being the front person of a band for my entire life, but I will never tell anyone else that. (laughs) (laughs) But it was one of those moments where I was like, yeah, I'm just going to do it. Like what's the worst that can happen? And then that ended up being like the best choice ever because we performed and I don't know. It felt felt like cloud nine. Like I, I think I just surprised everyone (laughs) mostly after we played it because you know, I hadn't really done anything like that before, but there were quite a few people that came out to me afterwards and were just completely shocked. Like, I think my sister and my mom were in tears. It was very weird, <laughs> but it was amazing. And it was like the best feeling ever to just yell into a microphone and like actually be heard for once, like to use your voice and be heard. That is so powerful. 
and I just want to continue doing that. <laughs> Are you still getting a chance to to make music, either you know, just with your bandmates or in front of other people, or what's happening now? So things have been stressful for me lately, so I kind of had to take a step back with um, Heavy Cream, which was the latest band that I was in. But I really hope to start something um, with my boyfriend right now, actually. We've been talking about making music for quite a while now. And I think that would be a very interesting new facet to our relationship. (laughs) Um, Yes. But yeah. It can go in a Fleetwood Mac direction or it can (laughs) go in a good direction. You never never know until you try. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm sure that will be interesting. But otherwise, yeah, I, I've been talking with a bunch of people about forming like a hardcore band, basically, like an all all femme hardcore band. That's pretty much my dream <laughs> to front something like that. So I could just yell about everything that pisses me off, which is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, that's essentially why that genre of music exists, which is beautiful, I think. So. Yeah. 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 I guess I don't have a like a beautiful little bow to tie all this up, but I would just say that I know just a couple minutes ago when you were describing being heard, using the microphone to be heard, that that mm-hmm. I really got like just chills when you said that. I just well, I want to come back to that point kind of in closing, the idea of just how absolutely important it is for each of us to feel like we can use our own, our actual voice. And that other people will recognize us for who we are. That seems incredibly important. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. It's such an amazing tool and so many people are not able to use it. And I mean, I don't feel like I can really use my voice all that often. But in those moments, it's like you're giving it your all. And it's pretty transformative. Alexis, before we say goodbye, is it possible for people to find out more about you, interact with you, see what you're up to on social media? Yeah. um, So you can follow me on Instagram if you really feel like it. (laughs) It's Al Dente. So it's, yeah, it's kind of a weird one. Yeah. It's a bunch of weird underscores. (laughs) I was going to say, yeah, your your username is nearly impossible to describe to someone how to type accurately. So I'll just uh, tell folks. Which I kind of like. Yeah, I get get that there's a a certain utility to that. Um, (laughs) It will be in the show notes of this episode, folks. So you can go there and uh, and follow Alexis. My guest for this episode has been Alexis Van Billiard. It's just it's such a pleasure to talk to you. I really I really appreciate the way you're finding yourself. It's really inspiring. And I certainly get the ways in which it's not easy, but I really enjoy, you know, seeing the passion that you're putting into your life. So thanks a lot for coming on the show and and telling your story. Thank you. Thanks again to Alexis Van Billiard for being our guest on this week's show. You can find out how to follow Alexis on Instagram by going to the show notes of this show. You can also follow both Owen and me. You'll find me on Twitter and on Instagram if you want, at Jason D. Crane. And I'm at Shimmy Lizard. We hope that you will join us next time for another episode of A Brief Chat. In the meantime, I love you. I love you. We We love love you. you. A A better better world world is is possible. possible.